Hey everybody, it's your girl Nomi Jackson here, along with the peaceful and patient Ishii on the other line. What's up, my beautiful babies? It is Friday, May 28th, 2021 at 7.43 a.m. where I am. And it's also 43 degrees, speaking of 43, 43 degrees here I am, the temperature really dropped it was cold yesterday too, and it is cold and gray this morning. Um, it's like we took a step backwards. It's, yeah, it's not lovely out there. It's, it looks all gray and cloudy and blah, and then the weather. And um, with the wind chill, it says it feels like 36 degrees, so I don't know what happened there. I hope my plants don't die off. That would make me really, really sad. So, what are you guys up to? Anything exciting? It's Friday. Woohoo. <laughs> any big plans for the weekend? I don't believe I have any plans at all. Just to uh, stay home and read. And by the way, I just started reading the book I told you guys. The Law Supreme, The Life of Dream Girl, Florence Ballard by Peter Benjaminson. <laughs> Um, okay, so it started off first, it, um, it told about her parents, her father, uh, his mother was shot when he was an infant, and so he had to, um, grow up with another family, they kind of adopted him, so his name became, his last name became Ballard, but that wasn't his original, um, name, but he kept that name. And I guess for whatever reason, he, you know, wasn't really digging that family. So at 13, he basically became a hobo and just, you know, did odd jobs around and everything. And um, on his travels, he met uh, Florence's mother, who was only, what is it, 13 or 14 at the time. And then they got hitched. Wow, <laughs> that's really, really young. But anyway, they just started having babies and babies and babies. Uh, they were down south at birth. They had a total of 13 kids that survived. Um, and then they moved up to Detroit for, um, you know, more business opportunities. Like a lot of blacks in that time period moved from the south up to the north because supposedly there were more jobs here and more opportunities in some cases it worked out, in some cases not necessarily. They just ended up in, you know, northern ghettos, really. Um, but in some areas, there was a lot of successes. Now, in this case, with, um, what did she say? Her father worked at one of the factories out there. I forget which one. Um, was it General Motors? I think it said GM. See, now I'm starting to confuse this <laughs> with the other, uh, the thing that I read the other day. But, um, yeah, and so since there were so many kids, uh, Florence was number eight of the 13. So some of her uh, siblings were practically grown by the time she came. Um, but the house was, you know, always still crowded and everything. And eventually... Uh, when the uh, father got a better job, they moved into a better project. One that was more like a bunch of row houses. I don't know if you guys are familiar with housing projects, but I know at least the ones in Chicago, a lot of them are 
were high rises and some of them were low rises or individual um, townhouses, row houses. Um, they tore down the uh, high rise projects here in well in Chicago, um, but they still have some of the lower rise ones um, in different spots. But anyway, so they moved to that, and it was like the nicest house that they ever had. So it was really, really good. And um, she showed an interest in music and everything. And that's where she met Mary Wilson, who ended up being one of her best friends. And uh, so anyway, so she showed an interest in music. Her sister hooked her up with this guy named Milton that was producing records and trying to get in. And, you know, he heard her voice and said, well, this is great, but do you know anyone else who could join in? And she said, oh, my friend Mary Wilson, she can sing. So, you know, they got together and did all that. And then one night, Paul Williams of the Primes, which later became Paul Williams of the Temptations, he saw um, Diane Ross performing somewhere and he, you know, had her come in and audition for him, for that Milton guy. And so... And then there was another lady, if I'm not mistaken, her name was Barbara. I'm sorry, I don't have the book, you know, open right in front of me. But, um, so they, the four of them became the Supremes. Well, no, actually the four of them became the Primettes, which would eventually become the Supremes. But they, at that point, they were the Primettes and the, um, the brother group was with Eddie Kendricks and Paul Williams. And that was the Primes. Um... Eventually, one of the uh, the primates, I believe, like I said, her name, I think her name was Barbara. I don't know why I'm getting confused right now. But anyway, she left to get married and everything. So, you know, it was just the three of them left. And they were doing all good until one day um, Florence and her brother went to a party. Her parents didn't usually let her go, but like her brother was there. So, every, you know, that was going to be okay. And she got lost from her brother and decided to start walking home. Then someone, you know... Bum, bum, blew the horn. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. That's my brother's uh, friend or whatever. He's He plays football and everything. Okay, I'll go in the car with him, blah, blah, blah. Big mistake. He put a gun. I mean, not a gun. He put a, a knife to her neck. And he raped her. And it was completely devastating for her. She was a virgin at the time. And he just, like, really ripped that innocent part of your soul that gets ripped out when that type of thing happens. It's... It can really change you and your look on life, your outlook on life. But, um, yeah, that happened. And later on, it was mentioned who it was. Now, again, I don't have, I had the book here. Anyway, um, his name, I don't remember his name, but apparently he was a good enough athlete that he made it to the Detroit Lions. So he was on a professional football team after this whole thing had happened. But I can't remember his name right now, but I guess you can um, look it up. So, um, yeah, he was good enough where he got to play professionally, but his uh, criminal activity got in the way of his football playing. And, you know, he he was in trouble for so many things. He got in trouble for um, having sex with an underage girl. He got in other kinds of trouble. He just could not stay out of trouble. And, um, eventually I guess he got cut loose from the team and 
a friend of his, a friend shot him, so he died. Um, yeah, he had one of those, he's one of those people that, you know, are given this talent, but then it's just completely squandered. If he could have used that instead of going down that road, you know, he could have been like some of the, um, the athletes today, you know, that have lots and lots of money and, you know, have a real business acumen. He could have really made something out of himself, but he chose to, for whatever reason, go down the wrong path. So, um, yeah, in the meantime, ruining lives such as, um, Florence's, um, you know, that kind of like just was the seed to make everything kind of not go back up, which is, which is really terrible. I mean, I don't know. I just think it sucks when you, when that happens, you know, um, you're blessed and you know, you throw away the gift just for bad. It just really kind of sucks. But anyway, so, uh, that's pretty much where I got so far in the book. I didn't really get that far, but, um, it's a really interesting book. I kind of didn't really want to put it down, but I know I needed to like stop in section so I can like tell you, cause I would not remember <laughs> everything. If I read as much as I wanted to, I probably could have, um, I probably could knock this book out in two days, but I don't want to really do that. Anyway, so that said, I would recommend that book if you're interested in reading a book, even though I'm kind of telling you <laughs> what it's all about, so you maybe don't even need to do that. Uh, let's see what else, guys. Okay, so I was listening to this. I want to share it with you. Um, if it ever pops up, something that, um... Well, you know what? I spent too much time on um, telling you about the book. I'll tell you this the other day. I was going to um, share something that Steve Harvey said today, and I want to talk about it, but um, that's a whole nother topic. I could probably go on and on. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just do that tomorrow. But in the meantime, I also pulled up a random song from the 80s, one that I really like. It's one of those that, like, you know you like the song, you like how it sounds and everything, but you don't really, really listen to the lyrics. Um, and the one I picked was Obsession by Anna Motion. Okay, here it goes. You're an obsession. I cannot sleep. I am your possession, unopened at your feet. There's no balance, no equality, but still I will not accept defeat. I will have you. Yes, I will have you. I will find a way and I will have you. Like a butterfly, a wild butterfly, I will collect you and capture you. You are an obsession. You're my obsession. Who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me? You're an obsession. You're my obsession. Who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me? I feed you, I drink you by day and by night. I need you, I need you by sun or candlelight. You protest, you want to leave, stay. Oh, there's no alternative. Your face appears again. I see the beauty there, but I see danger. Stranger, beware. A circumstance in your naked dreams. Your affection is not what it seems. You're an obsession, you're my obsession. Who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me? You're an obsession, you're my obsession. Who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me? My fantasies have turned to madness. All my goodness has turned to badness. My need to possess you has consumed my soul. My life is trembling. I have no control. I will have you. Yes, I will have you. I will find a way and I will have you. Like a butterfly, a wild butterfly, I will collect you and capture you. You're an obsession. You're an obsession. Who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me? You're you're my obsession, you're my obsession, who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me, and then they repeat it again, that was written by Holly Knight and Michael DeBar, um, 
I guess I didn't realize how dark that song is because you know it's just so catchy it has such a great catchy tune and um I know they use they sample that uh 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 I've heard that in a lot of other things that they sampled so um I think people just feel you know the music and it's like uplifting but if you really really read the lyrics it's really kind of dark this person is obsessed it to the point where it's not fun anymore and it's it's like when you get to that point it's not even real like you can like cross a line where it just turns from fun to um insanity and it sounds like this person is straddling on insanity which is kind of sad <laughs> but i mean i still like that song and i don't know in a way you kind of like someone to I don't know, I don't know, not necessarily mean be obsessed with you, but it's great to have that feeling that someone thinks about you all the time, but, uh, yeah, that is just a little bit <laughs> too much right there, if, you know, they're gonna capture them and not let them loose, and, yeah, that's a little bit, but I still like this song, I don't care, <laughs> it's a great song, um, today's Michael... Thing uh Majig, Mikey Poo, Jackson to me, that would be Michael to y'all. Today is his Twitter from yesterday. Oh my goodness. Let me see. This page be popping back and forth and it really gets on my nerves. Mikey Poo Jackson's Twitter yesterday. If you don't pop down here. Okay, here we go. Mikey Poo is seeing here posing with his Legend Award at the 2006 MTV Video Music Awards at the Yoyogi National Athletic Stadium in Tokyo, Japan on May 27, 2006. And there's a picture of uh, Mikey Poo. He has a little smile on his face. But, um, it doesn't look genuine to me. It looks like he'd rather be somewhere else. I don't really like to see him like that. He doesn't look happy, but he looks like he has to plaster a smile on his face. I don't think he was feeling well. Um, I just really don't like to see him during that time period. It was 2006, did it say? Yeah, that was, uh after his last trial um yeah baby he didn't look too happy hmm. but i try not to feel sorry for him because um i know he wouldn't want us to feel sorry for him but uh i still feel bad that you know that he went through hard times but he's not going through hard times now so <laughs> i try not to get sad for him because you know it's just when i see those pictures and stuff it just kind of reminds me but then i just gotta uh shake it off because he's done shook that off he don't give a crap no more <laughs> and i don't blame him if i was in a better place i wouldn't even think twice about you know some of the bs you know that has gone on here so hey <laughs> anyway guys i am gonna let y'all go still kind of early um, she was kind enough to <laughs> do this early with me, so, uh, I think it's a good time to let y'all go and remind you 
that God loves you. Ishi loves you. I love you. Mikey Pooh loves you. We all love you. We really, really do. And we want you guys to have a wonderful and beautifully blessed day. And to remember that we love you and we want you to take care of yourself. Okay? I'll talk to you later. Odabo. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.